0: The thing I want to let you know about is tomorrow night at 6 p.m. there's going to be a new Zoom Bible study and it's going to be based on Priscilla Shire's book One in a Million. If you want to get the code on how to be a part of that Bible study, uh, call the church office or call Barbara Condra and she can hook you up with that. Um, I, I'm, I want to also say a word about these Not only lovely people in the praise band, but look at these lovely flowers that we have. These flowers are uh, given to the glory of God in gratitude for His blessings, mercy, and grace. They're given in thanksgiving for our country and in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day by the Altar Guild and the Altar Flower Fund. Isn't that gorgeous? I hope that perks you up today and gets you ready to uh, worship God with us. Will you join me now as we pray? Lord, how thankful we are for the beauty around us, for the truth that you are, and for the goodness you bless our lives with every single day. Our hearts overflow with worship to you, and I pray, Lord, that that worship would be pleasing in your sight today. Bless all of those who are worshiping with us online today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: on one thing the same god that never fails will not fail me now he won't fail me now in the waiting the same god who's never late is working all things out working all things out oh yes i will lift you high Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy. My heart is heavy. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now. No waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. Working
0: that was such an uplifting worship song that I bet you were tapping your foot right there on the couch in your pajamas. I bet you were. And maybe if you were uh, singing loud enough, maybe your next door neighbors were wondering what's going on in that house over there. (laughs) Maybe they're worshiping God today. So uh, thank you for worshiping with us. Also thank you for your generosity and support of the church. We love you and we need you to continue to be generous. I want to tell you how generous you were. You know, during the month of December, we gave uh, for the United Methodist Children's Home. Uh, it's it's um, a place that's near and dear to the hearts of United Methodists uh, all over the world. We take care of um, kids that don't have a place to live. United Methodist Children's Home, the white Christmas offering. Well, our white Christmas offering this year was, can I have a drum roll, please? Drum roll eight thousand eight hundred and twenty one dollars for our white christmas offering this year so way to go thank you for being generous and uh, continue to do so will you join me in prayer and again if you have a prayer request or an answer to prayer you want to share let us know about it we love to hear about it lord how thankful we are for the ways that you bless us how thankful we are god that that you help us to sing even when we're in the lowest valley because you give us joy in our heart and you give us peace that passes understanding. Lord, we know that our friends are struggling right now. We have several people that we have on our hearts that are struggling with grief, uh, that are struggling with sickness. God, we as a country need you to shed your grace upon us more than ever before. Help us to get through this transitional time, Lord. Uh, just help us to to focus on you and to follow you and to not listen to the negative voices around us. Forgive us, Lord, when we, uh, when we are our worst selves instead of our better selves. Uh, by your Holy Spirit, help us, Lord, to be who you have called us to be. And Lord, we ask that you would take the tithes and offerings and gifts that people give uh, through this church, through this ministry, and use them to bless your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope with no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested and my life began.
3: Your grace so free washes over
4: morning everyone. I just want to greet you. I know Sam already did, but I want to say it as well. Good morning and write something in the comments if you haven't already. We'd love to know who is worshiping with us. I want to tell you something really cool that's going on today here at the church. At 12 o'clock right after our traditional service, uh, the mission team and the youth are um, handing out firehouse sub boxes to every fire station employee uh, in the city of Gadsden. So all the firefighters, EMS, they're gonna get lunch from the mission team and the youth today. And I think that is really cool. And we have to also get tomorrow's shift. So we'll be doing it tomorrow as well. So I don't know, I'm thinking a lot lately about how can we do something during this pandemic? Sometimes we feel like, oh no, there's no way to help. What can I do? Love a first responder. Do something awesome for a healthcare worker, first responder, something great. Uh, all of us can do. So um, with that being said, uh, as a preacher, what on earth do you talk about with so much going on in our world? What do you preach a sermon on? So um, there was an incident last Wednesday. I could somehow preach a sermon about um, how to heal uh, a divided country, what we can do. Um, It's also MLK Sunday. Um, That's huge. Our COVID numbers are spreading like wildfire. We could preach a sermon on that. Um, It's a new year. A lot of pastors will do a a, a talk about a new you in the new year. I mean, I could have done a sermon about how I've gained tons of weight and I keep wearing the same clothes because I can't fit into any of my other ones because of COVID quarantine weight. Can I get an amen on Facebook? I know many of you are having those issues as well. So what on earth do we talk about? And you know, I just stuck with the lectionary because I felt like the lectionary covered so much of what I personally needed to hear and what So many of all of us just need to hear right now, and it covers so much of those topics I just mentioned. Um, Before I read our lectionary scripture, which is going to be John 1, 43 through 51, before I read that, I wanted to talk about the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. I don't know if you're one of those people that's ever said, oh, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year, or I'm going to read through the New Testament in a year. Whenever I get to a passage that's just a list of names, I sometimes will just skip over that. I find that kind of boring. Um, But Matthew 1, 1 through 17, it talks about Jesus' genealogy. Uh, These people that would be in Jesus' family line, it mentions rulers and kings, but it also mentions sinners, people with huge mistakes. And when I say huge mistakes, I mean really, really big ones, really big ones. So why would I mention this, and who are these people? Uh, remember Jacob? Remember the guy who stole his brother's birthright? I mean, that was pretty terrible, to steal your brother's inheritance and dress up like somebody else. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad, right? And it also mentions David. Do you remember King David? We we think about David and Goliath, but I pick on David a lot because he made some really big mistakes. Um, If we remember, David's going to have an affair, and then David is also going to have this man he, uh, so David has an affair with this woman, and, and the woman's husband, David has that man intentionally killed in battle. So David now commits murder, too. This is in Jesus's family line, and I have a reason why I'm bringing all this up. Um, it also mentions um, Bathsheba and David having another son, and, and his name being Solomon, and I don't know if you remember this. Solomon had an obscene amount of wives. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and I think that that's something to mention in Jesus' line mentioned in this genealogy in Matthew. Um, and then it also mentions Tamar, um, who gets her father-in-law to have a kid with her. Um, that's like some serious stuff there. Rahab was a prostitute, is mentioned in the family line in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1. I don't know if you've ever been to—some of these stories may shock you that I just mentioned, but if you've ever been to Pastor Sam's Bible study, especially when he covers the Old Testament— sometimes sam would say andy can you fill in for me and whenever i'd fill in for him it would be when like the really bad awkward stories happening where it's like tv mature and there i am having to do it thanks sam i appreciate that if you've been to one of sam's pastor Pastor sam's bible studies and one of these bible studies stories comes up write an amen that it was tv mature sometimes the things that happen so why do i mention these things why would i mention this genealogy in, in matthew maybe so we know that Jesus was coming into a mess, right? Just like so many of us know so much about, about, Jesus enters a broken world. Jesus enters a place where there's a mess of problems needing redemption. And here is our scripture from John this morning. John 1, 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Peter found Nathanael and said to him, We found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, Can anything from Nazareth be good? Philip said, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and, and said about him, Here is a genuine Israelite who there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I said I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven heaven open and God's angels uh, going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that through this passage, through your words today, that you will speak to us. I pray that you will change our hearts and change our attitudes towards our neighbors. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if you noticed in this passage I just read, but um, Nathaniel does not like Nazareth. He says, um, what good, or can anything from Nazareth be good? Why did Nathaniel not like Nazareth? Why did he have that judgment? Why did he have that hatred towards Nazareth? Was it because it was a small town? Did Nathaniel think, oh, they're not educated enough there, they're not wealthy enough? What was, his, what was Nathaniel's judgment? Maybe when they're talking about Jesus and Nazareth, maybe Nathaniel knows a little bit about Jesus' background, right? Maybe he knows what the people of Nazareth are like. Maybe he's had some experiences. Or maybe he knows what, what Jesus' great uncle did and then, I don't know if you notice this, but here's what Jesus' response is. When Nathanael's being so judgmental about Nazareth, this was Jesus' response. Uh, Jesus says, here is an Israelite with no deceit. I don't think Jesus is really saying, oh, here's Nathanael with no deceit. I think he's calling him out. I think Jesus is being snarky, and I think Jesus is being sarcastic and says, oh, here's a guy with no troubled history. Here's a guy who's got it all together. Jesus is calling Nathanael out on his judgmentalism because Jesus knew what it was like to be with a family with a past. Um, Jesus knew what it was like to be at a place that was looked down upon. And I want to ask us this question, a question we evaluate ourselves this morning. Are we ever Nathanael towards other people? Do we ever judge people based on their nationality, cultural differences, or even past mistakes in a person's genealogy? Do we hold that against them? I ask you again, are we ever like Nathaniel? There was a story recently, um, and it was on all the, major news, all, the, all the major news networks and everything. There was a doctor named Taylor Nickel. He was a Jewish doctor in California. So here he is treating COVID patients. As you know, anybody that works in the medical field is completely exhausted. This doctor is... He's exhausted, he's spent, he's tired, and his newest patient has swastika tattoos all over him, Nazi tattoos, and he looks at his Jewish doctor and he says, please don't let me die, please don't let me die. This patient is going to get help from the person um, who he thought was the worst person in the world, somebody that there was no good from, that's who's going to help him, this doctor. This racist man is going to get help from the Jewish doctor is gonna be the one to bring him restoration, to bring healing, to bring life, that's who's going to do it. Same thing with Nathaniel. Nathaniel thought no good can come from Nazareth. And you know what? The person who is going to bring him life, to bring him restoration, to give him purpose, is from the least expected place. So for all of us, at times, whether we want to admit it or not, we have times when we judge people Based on nationality, or maybe judged on the town they come from, or whatever difference we might think we have with somebody, and I read this psalm for myself and for all of us. It's Psalm 51, and we we'll read verse 10 through 15. It says this: Create a clean heart for me, God. Put a new, faithful spirit deep inside of me. Please don't throw throw me out of your presence. Please don't take your holy spirit away from me. Return the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach the wrongdoers your ways and sinners will come back to you. Deliver me from violence, God, God of my salvation, so that my tongue can sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will proclaim your praise. I hear a lot of people say, I don't see color, I just see Jesus, right? But I kind of take an opposite opinion of that. I want to see color. I want to celebrate color. I want to celebrate cultural differences that we have with other people and learn and grow from each other. Can you get an amen on that? Martin Luther King weekend is now. And you know the famous quote that everybody will be quoting all week. A dream that we won't, be, that we won't judge people based on their color but of the content of their character But what about us? May we wake up every day and pray that we're not like Nathaniel in this passage, not judging somebody based on where they're from, or whatever other differences what other differences we may have? I can remember a time I was trying to think of times that I've been Nathaniel and judge people based on where they're from or what differences I may have. When I was 19 years old. I had grown up in a bubble. I went to a very small Christian school where everybody looked just like me. We were all white, middle-class kids, right? And uh, my school didn't always teach love and the grace of Jesus the way I wish it would have. Um, But at 19, I thought that if somebody was a Muslim, they were bad and they were out to get me. That's what I thought. That's what 19-year-old me thought. 19 years old, I had a telemarketing job, and guess who I sat next to at my job? a Muslim woman every night, and you know what? She was awesome, and she was everything that was the opposite of what I was taught at my Christian school. She showed me grace, and love, and compassion, and we would talk, and we became friends. But I ask us, when do our prejudices creep in? I would ask all of us, when we see our friends judging people based on a nationality, or where they're from, that we would call it out in the name of Jesus. When we see the church uh, acting inappropriately towards different people, that we would speak up, that we would call it out in the name of Jesus. And I would ask all of us to strive to live as examples to others on how to love all of God's people. And there may be somebody watching this who has had past hurts, past judgments from other people, some discrimination that's been, that's been towards you, whether it's where you're from or your education, your family background. God wants to heal you from that as well. God loves you unconditionally, and I'm sorry, especially if that came from people within the side, the walls of a church. I would say this, maybe the person that we're supposed to uh, get the help from, to learn from the most, the person that's gonna help our lives in so many ways, the person that God is leading us to, maybe it's the person that we've been avoiding, maybe it's been the person that we think is terrible, maybe that's the person God is wanting us to learn from, that God is wanting to put that person in our lives. And then also, maybe somebody that we've been avoiding, somebody that we think we're better than, that we've had these past judgments, maybe that's exactly who God is calling us to help, right? So may God open our minds and open our hearts this morning. As I close, I wanna read a hymn as a prayer. Um, in the United Methodist Hymnals, we have some awesome, awesome hymns. If you're ever in this sanctuary and a sermon's going too long or there's just something going on, you're just sitting there, look through and read some of the words of these hymns. They're amazing and they're life-changing. This one, I'm gonna read it as a prayer. It's a uh, United Methodist Hymnal, page 560. It's called Help Us Accept Each Other. Help us accept each other as Christ accepted us. Teach us as sister, brother, each person to embrace. Be present, Lord, among us, and bring us to believe we ourselves accepted and meant to love and live. Teach us, O Lord, your lesson, as in your daily life. We struggle to be human and search for hope and faith. Teach us to care for people, for all, not just for some, to love them as we find them or as they may become. Let your acceptance change us so that we may be moved in living situations to do the truth in love, to practice your acceptance until we know by heart the table of forgiveness and laughter's healing art. Lord, today's encounters with all who are in need who hunger for acceptance, for justice, and for bread. We need new eyes for seeing, new hands for holding on. Renew us with your spirit. Lord, free us, make us one. Amen.
2: Give me vision to see things like you do. To
4: I hope all of you will join us next Sunday, as it's Sumatanga Sunday. Our friend Tony Jones is going to be here speaking about Sumatanga, the things God is doing there. It's going to be awesome. wanted to let you know as we leave here, Nathaniel ended up getting his life right. He follows Jesus, right? May we do the same. May we today lay down any prejudice, any hate we have in our heart, and let us go and follow Jesus. Let us be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. Go in peace.